Welcome back, guys. My name is Joylife, and you are listening to Misconceptions About Conception, a guide to truly understanding the pro-life movement. Today, I will be addressing one of the most popular reasons why people are pro-choice. So many people tell those in the pro-life group, well, what about if the woman is raped or involved in incest? And also, what about if the mother's life is at risk? This episode in the podcast will address all of those issues. But before we do, I have to remind you all that we have established that the unborn is a human person. If you haven't seen the two podcasts surrounding this, please go check them out before you view this one. Those are the foundation of everything we do in these podcasts. This pro-choice defense for rape and incest has two sides to it, depending on who you ask. Case 1. The person is using rape and incest to make all abortions legal, even if it isn't for rape or incest. There are a few issues with this. The Guttmacher Institute, the original research branch of Planned Parenthood until 2007, reported the results of surveys taken in 2004 that asked women in the U.S. who received an abortion the major reasons of why they did so. According to the Guttmacher Institute, Less than 1.5% of all abortions in the U.S. are because of either rape or incest. Very few abortions are actually done because of rape or incest. So why are we trying to base the morality of all abortions on such a rare instance? If we made legislation promoting all abortion because of the rare cases of rape and incest, not just the 1.5% of abortions that occur because of rape and incest would be made legal, but so would the remaining 98.5% of abortions. That's nothing more than just poorly using statistics. It is simply just using a rare case to push one's own agenda. In no way is this actually giving women the care they deserve. This is just using a painful experience that happens to some women to push for all abortions. If one is against abortion, except in the case of rape or incest, then that's a different story. This is the category a lot of people fall into. This seems like a great compromise for both pro-choice and pro-life, but it actually isn't. Abortion, though it may seem like the right choice in the case of rape or incest, isn't actually the right choice. Let me ask you a question. Going on from the point that the unborn is a life, what makes a child conceived in rape any less valuable than a child conceived in consent. Nothing. Though the means of conception are different, it doesn't make the person, I mean, uh, the unborn, any less of a human person. A child conceived in rape is not any less of a person than you or I. That child, like all children, is a human being. A human person. And to be a human being is to be infinitely valuable. Before I continue, I would like to establish one thing. Rape is a horrible, horrible crime. In no way does the pro-life side justify rape in any case. It is a crime against one's bodily integrity. It makes women feel unsafe, even around those they have known forever. Sometimes they are even told that it was their fault or they are not believed when they say they were raped. And that is tragic. Rape is always tragic. These are horrendous actions and should never be justified. However, 
it does not make ending the life of the unborn child right. Rape is never the fault of the unborn child. It is the fault of the rapist. The rapist should be severely punished, not the child. A child conceived in hatred does not deserve for the rest of their life to be destined by the hate of abortion. Rather, they deserve to be shown even more love than a child conceived in love. However, we often hear people saying that abortion is okay in this case because the mother shouldn't be reminded of the trauma through which she went. This sounds really good, but when we get to the nitty gritty of it, it is not the best option. Let me give a hypothetical situation. A husband abuses his wife. They have a three-year-old child. The husband walks out and the wife is alone with her child. Obviously, the child reminds the wife of the trauma her husband has caused her. Does that give her the right to end that child's life? No. Similarly, just because the child will remind the victim of what happened, it still doesn't give her a right to end that life. Furthermore, it devalues women. It tells women that they are not strong enough to conquer the horrors of what she has been through. Are women not strong enough to turn an evil into a power of good and greatness? Are women not strong enough to love a child despite what has happened? They most certainly are strong enough. I once heard this beautiful quote from a person who was a child of a woman who was raped. I am not the residue of my rapist. I am the resilience of my birth mom. Not only does abortion in this case devalue women, it also prevents them from truly coping. True coping doesn't come from suppressing the problem. It comes from facing it head on. Abortion simply suppresses the problem of rape by ending the life of the innocent child. It essentially says that the rape never happened and there is no child to prove it. However, if you are pregnant because of rape, if you choose to carry the child for nine months, going on to raise a child or put it up for adoption, you healthily cope. You accept that the issue has occurred and you choose not to do a wrong act in the process of coping. You face the problem head on and accept the child for it has done nothing wrong. Keeping the child is truly an act of love and selflessness. And I earnestly believe that women in that situation are strong enough to love like that. In keeping the child like a phoenix, the women brings the beauty of a child out of the ashes of rape. The woman raises a child who will be a source of joy, helping her overcome the horrors of what happened. Rape and incest are truly horrific crimes, and in no way are they ever to be asserted not wrong. However, ending the life of an innocent child does no good. It only adds to the violence of rape. Two wrongs don't make a right. A victim is created in rape, but a second victim is created through abortion. And before I end this, what about those who were conceived in rape and are walking around today? Do their lives have any less value than ours? No. So why does their ch value change from inside the womb to outside of it? My heart is with all those conceived in rape and have been bombarded by hundreds of social media posts saying that they should have been aborted. Rape is a horrible crime. Let's not add to the horror through abortion. Rather, 
Let us show love in the situation and choose life. Now, let's discuss about the mother's life. Several people support abortion if the mother's life is at risk. This is a very understandable thing. However, it is a myth that abortion saves a mother's life. There is no medical reason in which case abortion would be required to save the mother's life. Abortionist Don Sloan admits, if a woman with a serious illness, heart disease, say, or diabetes gets pregnant, the abortion procedure may be as dangerous for her as going through pregnancy. With diseases like lupus, multiple sclerosis, even breast cancer, the chance that pregnancy will make the disease worse is no greater than the chance that the disease will either stay the same or improve. And medical technology has advanced to a point where even women with diabetes and kidney disease can see, be seen through a pregnancy safely by a doctor who knows what he's doing. We've come a long way since my mother's time. The idea of abortion to save the mother's life is something that people cling to because it sounds noble and pure, but medically speaking, it probably doesn't exist. It's a real stretch of our thinking. Dr. Anthony Levitino, an abortionist who later joined the pro-life side and continues to speak against abortion, has said that he has never had to use an abortion to save a woman's life. He has had to deliver the children, perhaps through premature childbirth or C-sections, but never an abortion. In cases in which the mother's life is at risk, doctors are expected to try to save both lives, not just one. And considering the amount of medical technology we have today, saving both lives is possible. It is not just some vague concept. It has been done, and it is what we are called to try to do. Obviously, if both lives can be saved, abortion isn't necessary nor right. Even if both lives can't be saved, it still doesn't justify abortion, because abortion isn't the way to even try to save a life. It directly ends a life without even trying to save both lives. Clearly, abortion is not healthcare. It is medical negligence and laziness. Abortion is not the solution. It is just the easy way out. And it is a failure of our society to do right by women. In all the cases mentioned in this podcast, these are really tough situations, and in no way should the difficulty be diminished. But abortion is still not the right option. Abortion diminishes the value of women. A woman's life has so much more worth, and we should not soil that worth by promoting abortion in these special cases when women are capable of far more. Thank you again for listening to Misconceptions About Conception. Again, if you have any questions or suggestions, just shoot me an email at misconceptionsaboutconception at gmail.com. I hope to see you at the next podcast. This is Joy Life, signing out. Have a joyful day.